Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and neighbors, welcome to Monster Movie Funtime Go 31 Days of Horror. Day 31. Here we are at the end of things and with me for this final episode are my parents, Gerald and Patricia Lopez. Welcome to the show, folks. Hello. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. This is Three Wolf yeah. Lopez. The, the movie we're talking about is Wolf from 1994, not to be confused with Wolf from 2021, which somebody did when they were trying to find it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it is directed by Mike Nichols. It is 125 minutes in color the budget was 70 million the box office was 131 million it stars jack nicholson as will randall michelle pfeiffer as laura alden james spader as stuart swinton kate nelligan as charlotte schuyler randall richard jenkins as detective sergeant carl bridger christopher Plummer as raymond alden Eileen Atkins as Mary, David Hyde Pierce as Roy McAllister, Om Puri as Dr. Vijav Alizaeus, Ron Rifkin as Dr. Ralph, Prunella Scales as Maud Waggins, Brian Markinson as Detective Kevin Wade, Peter Garrity as George, Bradford English as Keys, Stuart J. Zoli as Gary, Thomas F. Duffy as Tom, David Schwimmer as Cop. This must have been just right before he got friends. Allison Janey as party guest two. Leah Chang as desk clerk. And that's all the main characters and several of the not so main characters. Well, I had not noticed when we saw it that Mike Nichols directed it. That might explain... Oh, I, I was being bewildered at such big names being in what seemed like a non-mainstream film. Uh-huh. But if Mike Nichols was at the height of his career, it was probably easy to get all those big names. I mean, he's done a bunch of big stuff. Uh, let's see. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? The Graduate? Catch-22? Carnal yeah. Knowledge? Day of the Dolphin? Yeah, that was, Silkwood? That was all around that same era, I think. Working Girl? Uh, what year did I say this was? 94? 94. 94. Postcards from the Edge, Birdcage. Yeah, he was Postcards at Postcards would have been right before this. Birdcage would have been right after it. So, there you go. Hmm. Uh, so, what did you guys think of Wolf? Well, I uh, think we have a milder version of... Jack Nicholson, <laughs> he's not as weird and wild as Yeah, it's weird. Usual. He's playing a werewolf, but he's kind of toned down. <laughs> it is toned down. Which might be why I like it, because I'm not generally a fan of Jack Nicholson. 
Well, except I thought the same thing for the beginning. And I thought odd casting in such a normal person role until he turned. Right. And then I thought, ah, now it seems <laughs> like a Nicholson role. The reason I picked this movie for you guys is because you're big James Spader fans. Yes. This is pretty yes. early in his career. He looks. Oh, he was Very a young. baby, <laughs> a baby. I almost, being as big a fan as I am, I almost did not recognize him because he just looked like he was in high school. <laughs> he was a pretty boy. Um, yes, I love seeing him that young. I'd never seen him that young before. I think other than The Shining, Nicholson's not really in any horror movies or science fiction movies. This and, and The Shining are really the only two, what you might call, genre films that he's done. I did not care for him in that. I thought he totally went over the top. In The Shining? But made the direct. I had read the book. Yeah. And I thought the way he portrayed the character was not in keeping with the nature of the character in the book. Yeah, Stephen King doesn't like that version either. I so, think he likes the TV version better. So I thought he was totally over the top, but that might have been the director's fault in that one. And this one, when he got bigger and weirder, it seemed totally appropriate to the character. So, I love this one. It's yeah. now at the top of my list of your movies we've watched. <laughs> okay. I loved it. The folks are way behind. Well, because it was our, so... Um, our movies. It was so believable. Yeah. I thought the idea of someone turning to a wolf was going to be such a stretch, but the way they did it in this movie, they had me. I believed well, he could turn into a wolf. And the even the the transformation's not really that extreme. No. The makeup's pretty pretty minimal. Except then at the very end it seems like he does completely turn into a wolf. Right. He So, uh this is a I've identified three basic categories that werewolf full, uh, films mostly fall into uh, those of you who've been listening all along will have heard this already this is a type one werewolf movie which is what some poor schmuck gets bit by a wolf uh. and then has to deal with it and they often end up dead at the end but not always and he is sort of a type three werewolf oh so type two movie is there's a werewolf among us We've got to figure out who it is. And type three is the secret lives of werewolves, where there's a whole yeah. werewolf society, and we get introduced to it and learn all its dumb rules and stuff. So there's a little smidge of werewolf among us in that we don't know that James Spader is a werewolf, although if we're paying attention, we should know that he's going to be. I did not see him get bitten. Yeah, when he comes to see him at his apartment, he puts his hand on his shoulder as he starts up the stairs. Oh, and he turns around and bites his hand. I totally missed the bite, so I got yeah. <laughs> really confused when he started getting oh, okay. wolfish. I thought, yeah, when did that happen? It happens really quick. Okay. Um, and that he turns into kind of a type three werewolf, but then a type one at the end. So type one is you're just a wolf. Type two is you're a really big wolf, like an unnaturally big uh -huh. wolf. And then type three is a wolf man, a bipedal walking around wolf man. Oh, I had a sense of by the end he had triumphed. Yeah. Even though he was no longer his original self, he seemed triumphant. And uh, it looks like Michelle Pfeiffer's turning into a wolf at the end, too. Yeah. Is that just because they had sex? I don't think he bit her. I wasn't sure the, about that. What did you think, Jerry? 
I, I didn't see any bite or the anything doc, like but that. But the doctor did say that sometimes you don't have to be bitten. So I think just uh, being around, if you just sort of have the wolf inside of you. The intimate contact. Yeah. So it uh, may just be being around him and being with him. Though, I mean, she did get thrown around a lot. There was a wolf fight. So I'm not sure if James Spader bit her during that whole mm, thing. Possibly. Uh, but if so, then she started changing pretty quick. So, Jerry, what'd you th- you're a Spader fan also. What did you think of him in this role? Well, I, I liked him. I didn't see the usual Spader twitching and <laughs> the way he turns his mouth and things like that. So uh, <laughs> it was totally different, okay. Spader. Yeah. He's, he's very young. Uh, he's playing a jerk. He's really the bad guy in the movie. Did, was this from a book or was it an original screenplay? Uh, no, I don't think so. Because it seemed kind of original. It is by Jim Harrison and Wesley Strick. And there's nothing here about it being based hmm. on a book. It does say Jim Harrison left the production because of creative differences with Mike Nichols. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Claiming, <laughs> this is very... Snooty. I wanted Dionysian, but he wanted Apollonian. But he wanted what? Apollonian. Apollo. Okay. Uh, he took my wolf and made it into a chihuahua. I cracked <laughs> up for 10 minutes and then went out to the country and stood in front of a wolf den and apologized while my dog hid under the truck. Following his experience with the film, Harrison decided to leave Hollywood. Well. Wow. Goodness. That's extreme response. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a damn way to go, Mike Nichols. Drove this guy out of Hollywood. Wow. So, uh, any other moments? Oh, there there was something that stood out to me that I saw this in the theater when it was new. Yeah. And there was a particular line that has stayed with me all this time. His wife is having an affair. Jack Nicholson's wife is having an yeah. affair with um, James Spader. And she he moves into a hotel and she comes and tries to apologize to him and tells him it meant nothing. And he says, that's supposed to make it better that you betrayed our marriage for nothing. No, yeah, that makes it worse. That that idea has always uh, stuck with me. That's not really a very good excuse. Yeah. It'd be a little more understandable if I just couldn't help myself. I fell in love. I'm so sorry. it's but, still not great, but to tell but me to I did say it all for meant nothing. nothing <laughs> almost said their relationship meant nothing. Yeah. So, uh, any other moments or elements that stood out to you? Mm, I can't think of anything. You're, You're... not contributing enough. <laughs> uh, what about? Uh, did you like Michelle Pfeiffer? Uh, just a typical <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer role. I mean, oh. didn't do anything spectacular. Well, it was pretty early in her career. Yeah. Well, I think it was her job to look attractive. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the eye candy bit. Yeah. It was not her job to do a, a impressive acting performance, but she was believable. Let me see what she was doing around this time. Uh, well, she'd already been in Fabulous Baker Boys and Dangerous Liaisons and Batman Returns. and I think she was mainly pretty lady roles too. at the beginning. Yeah. She's done some far more challenging things the last few Lady years. Hawk. I saw her in something recently that I can't remember the name, that she was just acting her <laughs> <laughs> acting her rear end off. Okay. Was this was a recent movie? Yeah. Was well, it, I saw it recently. Was it Ant Man? <laughs> no. 
So yeah, this is uh, she's well into her career at this point. So she's been cast in this because she's a big name. Well, she's capable of really well good acting. Pretty. She just has been a cast more for her appearance more yeah. often, I think. Well, I put it at the top of my list. What about you, Jerry? Where do you put I'm, it? I'm pretty, yeah, okay. pretty much on top. So yeah. we can yeah. give it a rating now. We've been using a moon phase scale uh, this year. Okay. So it's still a five-point scale. So it's new moon, quarter, half, three quarters, or full moon. What are you going to give wolf? I don't know if I'll ever give the full to anything, but <laughs> as close as I can get, what would four and a half be? Okay. Well, that would be three quarters and three a little bit more. Moon. A little bit, a little bit more than three quarters. Something would have to be perfect for me to give it the highest rating. Okay. But this, this is the best so I've seen of, the, of these. Yes. Well, a lot of it had to do with the casting. Uh-huh. Part of it was the storyline, but the there were so many um, really good actors, and their characters were very believable. Mm. There wasn't a slacker in the bunch. Okay. I would give it a full moon. Full moon? Yeah. Okay. Really? Yeah. You surprised uh, me as you didn't act that enthusiastic. All right. Uh, oh. I think, uh, well, as far as werewolf movies go, I think it deserves a full moon. Uh, just movies in general, I'd give it three quarters. So it just depends on how you're, how you're looking at it. haven't seen enough werewolf movies to really <laughs> compare. Well, you're lucky. I mean, it's pretty standard format, um, but... He does survive at the end, so that's good. Uh, yes. Oh, I think I hinted at this, but I didn't. It implies at the end that he has be, just become fully wolf. Yes, that that final picture of him as a yeah. full wolf at the end. I believe that's what he was supposed to be. Was a full yeah. wolf. And the thing that bit him was a was a full wolf. It wasn't a wolf man. Right. It was a full. Wolf. Yeah, I did get the impression he would keep functioning as a werewolf. I thought he was just going to be a wolf, only killing what he needed to eat. Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole thing about nobody actually says the word werewolf in this movie. Right. They just talk about him turning into a wolf. That's the part I thought would appeal to you, Jerry, since wolf is your spirit animal. That's right. Also, our family man name comes from the lupus, yeah. which means wolf. So we're the family of the wolves. Yes. We're the wolves. He's always embraced the image of the wolf as a right. spirit animal. But he uh, talks about being sort of possessed by the wolf mm. is how he's thinking about it and the, the the doctor that he goes to talk to not a medical doctor a sort of doctor of folklore or philosophy or something talks about the wolf being inside of him and uh struggling against it mm. so it does seem more like although he does do the transforming so more like the wolf possessed him and then consumed him and thus he became the wolf so it's not a steady transformation. He does go back and forth at first. And there's times when he goes out and does a thing and then doesn't remember it. But there's other times where he's like talking to people when he's in his semi-wolf form. And it seems like he's conscious and aware of what he's doing and not in a full animal instinct. No, But then he doesn't remember that part. Yeah, and when he confronts the thugs in the park... Yeah. He does speak words, but then later he's forgotten about it because he, he when he finds the fingers he bit off of somebody, oh, he's that's, surprised about it. I didn't get that at first, whose fingers they were. until they Yeah, were. it was one of the guys from the park. 
Yeah, they didn't really make that clear till later. But apparently he didn't actually kill those guys. I think the only one that kills somebody is James Spader hmm. when he kills the, the wife that he's having an affair with. I yeah, went... there's this whole publishing thing. <laughs> the story, which is weird. There's this whole thing. Jack Nicholson works for a publishing company and it's being taken over and he might be getting tossed out. Yeah. Or demoted. And there's this whole struggle between him and James Spader. And that even seems to be Spader's motivation for murdering the wife is to put suspicion on Jack Nicholson. I wonder if this uh, movie was responsible for advancing Spader's career a good bit. He looks so young, he must have just been starting out. This may have been what led to bigger roles. I'll see where this was in his career. Just give me Unless he was already established, but he looked pretty young to be established. Uh, I think he did some stuff when he was pretty young. The movie he's most famous for that he did early in his career is called The Secretary. Okay. And it was almost porno. <laughs> I don't know that one. But it's on the respectable list. It's considered <laughs> to be a regular movie. But when I first saw it, I was like, whoa. Okay. That's a mainstream movie? Well, he was in... Endless Love in 81, Teammates. His first thing was Teammates in 78. Uh, Killer Family, Star-Crossed, Tough Turf, New Kids, Pretty in Pink. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he did some teen stuff. Less Than Zero, oh. uh, Robert Downey Jr. is in that one. I did not realize he was performing in his Yeah, teens. he'd already done a bunch of teen stuff. Well, I didn't discover uh, he was him in Bob until Roberts, Secretary. He Colors. Uh, I don't, you sure that's him? I don't see that here. Is that later? Yes, that's 2002. So that's after this. He was mm-hmm. an alien hunter. So he was pretty far into his career by the time he did this from. But this sort of led to more seven, of a transition. 78 to 94. This was more of a transition movie from teen movies to grown up movies. I think so. It seems like. Yeah, I think Because this fair. is definitely not him as a teenager. Right. Which was so. good for him, because a lot of teenage stars fizzle out and don't make it as adults. Right. So now he's doing uh, TV. Last movie he was in was uh, Voice of Ultron, in mm. Age of Ultron. Uh, but that might be because he was doing Blacklist for 10 years. Mm. Yeah. I did and, not realize that had been on so long. And before that, well, Blacklist just ended a year or two ago. And before that, he had that long time on Boston Legal. That was only four years. Really? 2004 to 2008. Well, my memory fails me. <laughs> I thought it lasted several years. So there you go. All right, folks, that well, is going to wrap it up for 31 Days of Horror. Well, that was fun. We will be back with a regular episode next week. We will be doing Godzilla from 1998. And we have some special guests lined up for that episode. Please rate and review us on all the apps and things where you listen to your uh, podcasts. Check out our webpage at mmftg.com. And consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash mmftg. We are giving our patrons an opportunity to pick movies for us to review. But... If we somehow end up with too many patrons, we'll have to move to a nominate and vote situation. 
But right now it's a manageable number, so join up and make us watch something. <laughs> Until next time, I have been Precious D. Remember to keep calm and take shelter in basements. Please do not misuse science. We won't see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go. Goodbye. You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacato folk rock punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg.